Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Mental Wellness Wake-Up Show, a weekly podcast where growth-minded, creative people come to learn best practices from both spirituality and psychology that create lasting well-being. I am your host, mental wellness expert, improvised acting teacher, therapist, and coach, Dawn McMillan. Let's get to it. What we're going to talk about today is the Enneagram 7. What, what? And that brings us to the end of this round of the Enneagram cycle. So if you are new here, welcome. Seriously, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. Stick around, put your feet up. We're glad you're here. And no, you don't have to have listened to the whole series in order to get value out of this. But why not? Why not go back and listen to the whole thing? It'll help put everything into context. So the Enneagram is a wisdom system often used as a nine-pointed personality typing system. And what we are doing here, the reason why we're going through the Enneagram, is not to put ourselves into tiny little boxes because we, my beloved friends, are way way too complex to be confined to a number or any one little thing. We are so multifaceted. But what the Enneagram can do is to help us understand our tendencies, our friends and family's tendencies, and then in the quest toward integration, to borrow everyone's best qualities and become ever greater, more dynamic, more fulfilled versions of ourselves. And who doesn't want to be a more fulfilled, more dynamic version of themselves? And if you find yourself enjoying these podcasts, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and even better or more, (laughs) share this with someone. Share this with someone. Our little podcast keeps growing and it's because of organic growth. It's for someone saying, hey, there's this podcast I like, you should check it out. And then they do. And then they tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Let's dive in. So I'm referencing Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson's book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. And then I'm also borrowing from Renee Barron and Elizabeth Wigelli's um, The Enneagram Made Easy. There's a whole bunch of really quality books, but these ones are super user-friendly. And I believe the links to these books in the show notes are probably way back at Enneagram 8. So that that's another reason for you to go back through the archives and catch up on this. All right. So to review... The Enneagram, as we said, is a nine-pointed wisdom system that gets divided up in three different organizational collections in many different ways. The primary way it gets divided into three is the body center, the body center way. And that just is a bird's eye view of what kind of leads that person. So we have the gut or the body trio. That's eight, nines, and ones. And eights, nines, and ones are operating and growing in response to their sense of anger. Two, threes, and fours are the heart 
center. These are our deep feelers. And their challenge is how they are responding to shame. And now fives, sixes, and sevens. These are the head center, are the head center. (laughs) And their challenge, our challenge, because this is my group, is how we respond to fear, anxiety in that family. With fives and sixes, there's a lot of different ways to respond to anxiety. And the sevens way to respond to anxiety is to avoid it. All right, so let's jump in. We'll start with some of the names for the type seven. So the seven is the enthusiast, the generalist, the multitasker, the wonderkind, the dilettante, the connoisseur, the energizer, the adventurer. So let's take a look at our our friendly neighborhood seven's wonderful qualities. So sevens are motivated by the need to be happy and plan enjoyable activities to contribute to the world and to avoid suffering and pain. Sevens at their best are fun-loving, spontaneous, imaginative, productive, enthusiastic, quick, confident, charming, and curious. Sevens at their worst are narcissistic, impulsive, unfocused, rebellious, undisciplined, possessive, manic, self-destructive, and restless. Subtext. Sevens are a whole lot of fun. Sevens are a whole lot of fun. If you ever want someone to like drive to Mexico City with you on a random Thursday night, a seven will be like, yeah, that sounds like fun. (laughs) So here's some, here's some more about the sevens. What I like about being a seven, and this is going to be from the Baron Wageli book, sevens like being optimistic and not letting life's troubles get me down, being spontaneous and free-spirited, being outspoken and outrageous. It's part of the fun. Being generous and trying to make the world a better place. Having the guts to take risks and try exciting adventures. Having such varied interests and abilities. What's hard about being a seven? Not having enough time to do all the things I want. Not completing the things I start. Not being able to profit from the benefits that come from specializing. Not making a commitment to a career having a tendency to be ungrounded, getting lost in plans or fantasies, feeling confined when I'm in a one-to-one relationship. Um, as I said, like sevens are our adventurers. They're willing to, to do crazy stuff with you or for you or near you. But the price really can be um, not having that kind of grit that say um, a one has or an Enneagram six has. And so some of the rewards that come from persistence at something that might be unpleasant or boring, but pays off later is something that a seven may miss out on. But let's talk about the basic fear. So the basic fear of an Enneagram seven is of being deprived and trapped in pain. The basic desire is to be happy satisfied and to find fulfillment. A super ego message. 
And remember, we're going with our Freudian our Freudian paradigm that you have an id, which are your impulses and drives, an ego, which is your personality, and a superego, which is like your conscience, your um, socialization. So the superego message of a seven is you are good or okay if you get what you need. You're good or okay if you get what you need. So let's take a look at healthy seven, the whole, the whole hierarchy of, of healthiness and, um, and, and stress. And one of the ways that I think about it is if you haven't gone to Google or your search engine of choice to look up what the Enneagram look like, go ahead and please do that. You're back. Okay, great. So if you notice, it's like these lines connecting everything. And rather than thinking of it as points on a circle with some arrows, I prefer to think of it as a string, right? So for me, I, I prefer to think of like the Enneagram as an instrument and I have these strings, my, my main strings of my instrument vibrate five and seven and five and eight. If you are an Enneagram three, then your primary instrument would vibrate three and nine and three and six and so forth. I just think it's a, a more holistic way of thinking about it. So my little sevens, I have a couple of friends who are Enneagram sevens and we laugh, we laugh so much. All right, sevens. All right, so an Enneagram seven at a level nine, which is gonna be our unhealthiest version of an Enneagram seven, is gonna struggle with overwhelmed, and paralyzed. The realization that they may have ruined their health, their lives, and their capacity for enjoyment is too much for unhealthy sevens. Feeling that they no longer have options or ways out of their pain, they are panic-stricken and feel trapped. Often their excesses have resulted in severe financial and physical problems, even chronic pain. Enneagram sevens, unfortunately, are one of the types most susceptible to addiction. You can kind of predict that. If one of your main drives is to avoid pain, you can see how someone would be vulnerable to substances or activities that help to numb or distract from pain. Okay, so moving up, level eight, manic, depressive, reckless. Sevens become so desperate to escape their anxiety that they fly out of control, recklessly acting out their pain rather than feeling it. Hysterical activity alternates with deep depression as they become increasingly unstable and erratic. Numb and heedless, they go to extreme lengths to suppress their pain. Moving up, level seven. At this level, a seven might experience themselves as insatiable and escaping. Sevens fear that their actions are bringing them pain and unhappiness, and this may be true. They panic, trying to avoid their pain at any cost. They're highly impulsive and irresponsible and do whatever promises temporary relief from their anxiety, but they are joyless in their pursuits. So moving up to average, so this is like a midland level of personal development. So these levels are not necessarily evenly divided. Like there isn't necessarily of all Enneagram sevens are evenly divided among these. And a single person, depending on what's going on in their lives, may move amongst these levels of personal development and emotional growth. 
So level six, self-centered, excessive. Sevens are afraid that there will not be enough of whatever they believe they need, so they become impatient, seeking instant gratification. They can be very demanding, but are seldom satisfied when their demands are met. Jaded and wasteful, they are cavalier about their habits, denying guilt. A level five Enneagram seven might struggle with distracted and scattered Sevens worried that worry that they will be bored or frustrated and that painful feelings will arise. So they try to keep themselves excited and occupied. They pump up the energy around them by talking, joking around and pursuing new adventures, but they are often distracted and unfocused. Level four, I was going to suggest that, um, when you think of the stereotype of like a theater kid or like um, a Robin Williams type person, you might be thinking about this sort of level five, seven energy. I'm not saving, saying that Robin Williams was this. I'm just saying that that archetype might help you sort of get a sense of this. It's that person who's always on, right? So moving up, level four, acquisitive consuming. Sevens begin to fear that they are missing out on other more worthwhile experiences Thus, they become restless and interested in having more and more options available to them. They stay busy juggling many different tasks and plans and trying to keep up with the latest trends. Mm -hmm. Now we're moving on to the healthier levels of de development. So a healthy seven at a level three, realistic, productive. See, don't worry, sevens, we're getting into all the, the superpowers that you have now. Sevens reinforce their self-image by fully engaging with life and by doing things that will ensure that they will have what they need. Their passionate gusto, gusto? <laughs> Too much Spanish. Mucho gusto. Their passionate gusto for life is revealed in great versatility and a prolific output. They are optimistic and bold, but also practical and accomplished savor that for a second. So, you know, you just have this dynamic person who's just full of life, full of joie de vivre, and they're able to be practical about it. Huh? You want that person on your team? Probably on your sales team. All right. Level two, anticipating, enthusiastic. Sevens are focused on the world of possibilities and are excited by thinking about all the things they will do. Self-image, I'm happy, spontaneous, and outgoing. Woohoo! Uh, when I think about my, my friends who are sevens, that's how I think of them. Happy, spontaneous, and outgoing. And one of the things about sevens is I often think, if you can't get along with a seven, there's something wrong with you because they're just so fun. But I may be biased because some of my favorite people are sevens too. All right. Level one, joyful, satisfied. Sevens let go of the belief that they require specific objects and experiences to feel fulfilled, so they are able to fully assimilate their experiences and be nourished by them. They also paradoxically achieve their basic desire to be satisfied and content to have their needs fulfilled, and they become appreciative, ecstatic, and deeply grateful. 
So the Enneagram 7 has so much to offer. And remember, 7s are working uh, with the challenge of anxiety or fear. And so when a 7 becomes fully integrated, you have this person who knows that they can get their meads, their meads net. <laughs> oh, my dear friends, it's been a long day. They know they can get their needs met. And so they're able to use that superpower, that adventurousness, that creativity, that joie de vivre, that appetite for life in a way that is serving not only themselves, but others. And they just get to wander through life in this, this, um, this posture of being deeply grateful and kind of ecstatic. You know, when you think about um, people who are highly evolved, there are those highly evolved people that you just get the sense of serenity from a highly evolved Enneagram seven, you're going to get the sense of from, right? They're just kind of high on life. It's fun. So here we are. We're at the end of our Enneagram series. And so what I would love for us to take from Enneagram sevens is that joie de vivre, that sense of boldness, that sense of why not? That sense of fun and spontaneity. If you were not innately like that, and sixes and fives, you know, sevens friends and the anxiety, anxiety trio here are not like that. Other types, like if you're a one, for example, you might be more concerned about getting it right than having fun. And so part of what we can all learn from the Enneagram seven is that life is this beautiful adventure. And it's really worth seizing. Carpe diem. Yes. Yes. And you know why you, yes, you, should carpe diem, you should seize the day? Because you're amazing. You are wonderful. You have a special gift that the world needs. There is absolutely no one exactly like you. There never has been before, and there never will be again. You are amazing, and you are worthy and deserving of every good thing. That ends the Enneagram. Um, a few people have requested maybe me doing interviews with different Enneagram types so they can speak for themselves. Um, let me know if that's something that you would like to hear. I'm more than happy to hang out with a bunch of really amazing people because I, I really do. I, I know wonderful, fun, dynamic, uh, super powered, lovely people across the Enneagram. So I don't even have to go looking very far. So let me know if that would be of interest to you. And until next time.